This is the Thumb and Hammer Home Improvement Podcast, episode number 12. Home improvements, home renovations, home maintenance, home repairs, and all the other challenges of home ownership. Welcome to the Thumb and Hammer Home Improvement Podcast. Hey folks, it's Doug from ThumbandHammer.com, and I want to welcome you to another episode of the podcast. In the last episode, I focused on contracts, what makes a good contract, and why working without a contract is a bad idea. This is all kind of basic stuff. When you're a homeowner, you will at some point hire someone to do work for you, and therefore you will at some point be dealing with contracts, or at least you should be. Well, when I did that episode, I was digging back into my memory, going back anywhere from 7 to 15 years to give examples from my own experience. So I thought it would be a good idea to talk to someone who's had more recent experience with contracts and contractors. John has been on the podcast before. He was my very first interview back in episode number 5, and he is back again in this episode. You can find his website at azdiyguy.com. When we talked in episode 5, John's pool was empty, awaiting repair. Now remember that John is in Arizona where temperatures hit in the 100 teens, so a pool is pretty much necessary for survival. Anyway, we caught up about a month ago, and here is part of that conversation now. Welcome back to the podcast, John. Thanks, Doug. The reason I wanted to talk to you today was... Um, was your pool. So what exactly were the issues that you were having with the pool? Well, it was it was it was an old pool. We we think it was put in somewhere in the early 80s. So the house was built in 79. Um and it might have been an original interior and made it all this time. Um sort of, you know, it was starting to really fall apart. I was losing a battle with with black mold, which is something that uh I don't even know if it's mold for real, but that's what they call it. It kind of has tendrils that that dig deep into the into the finish, and you you really just can't kill it. You just fight it and try to control it. Every year it was getting worse, you know, just more and more of a fight, more and more chemicals going into it, and just a losing battle. It was starting to chip. It was looking ugly. We really didn't even swim last year. You know, it was just kind of an unusable pool, just cost us electricity and uh, water and chemicals and looking shabby so that was that was the main part of the interior and then the pool deck was just kind of hideous it was it was an original pool deck that somebody had put some kind of stone on that was slippery it was uh hot when you try to walk on it barefooted and poorly done and uh to phase it in you know do do the interior this year and the exterior next year you know, it just didn't make financial sense. There'd be extra costs added to save one part or the other when you tried to demo. So we decided to kind of shop around and find somebody to do the whole thing at once. You attempted to do a little bit of uh, DIY on it yourself, right? Well, I, yeah. I seem to remember um, reading about that. Yeah, I, I, I tried to take the, the stone off the deck because I talked to a few people. I talked to some contractors and whatnot. And some of the eyes, the the ideas that came in were that they would strip that off, and um, then they would either recoat it or put pavers on it, or you know, some other new finish. But it would that stone would have to come off, and 
give or take the quotes that I got for that, it was about $2,000 just to take the stone off and haul it away. And I thought, well, if I can, you know, if I can sweat equity some of this, then there's two grand I'm not spending, you know? So I spent a couple hours with a rotary hammer with a, um, what do you call it? A, a hammer drill and a chisel blasting that stuff off and, uh, you know, carving it up with, uh, with a grinder, with a diamond blade and thinking, you know, I could get it off. But honestly, for the couple hours that I spent, um, and the, well, golly, I probably spent four or five hours, you know, total. I, I projected that out to the, that I would still be doing it now. I'd be, you know, five months later, still picking away on the weekends. And I think I started playing around with that in April or May. And uh, I would have been doing it on the weekends during the worst of the summer. I would have been, instead of swimming at 117, I'd be out there sweating in the sun. And then what am I going to do with all this concrete junk, right? So, um that's kind of when we said, okay, we're going to, we're going to roll that into the cost of the pool renovation. We're just, you know, whatever we decide to do, they're doing it, not me. I'll do other projects while that's happening. Um, and probably me again, made the right decision there. It's a spendy one, but it's done. Bottom line, it's done. It's done right. Now you mentioned the contractors you talked to each had different ideas for how to finish your pool to finish the deck. Uh, mm -hmm. you, want, you want to talk a little bit about that because, you know, we're always told get three estimates. You know, you should get three estimates in order to compare prices. But how do you compare prices when everyone has a different idea of how to do something? Right, right. Yeah. I mean, that, that was really the trick. Um, and that's kind of where I got stuck. You know, I, I, I did talk to three people. I followed the advice uh, that you find everywhere is get three estimates. And honestly, I, I liked all of them. When, when I met them, um, they, they came out for a visit. What what I actually did to back up a little bit is I went to a local home show and I just walked the home show and there were probably 10 pool contractors there. And I kind of just breezed through them and picked a couple and put my name on mailing lists or whatever. And I uh, kind of made that initial decision, one, two, three, and that's who I'm going to talk to. And uh, so I started that way and had them come out and uh, do their measuring and whatnot. And I never shared what one said with the other one. I just said, you know, golly, what would you do here? I hate this or that, or notice how the water goes over here and, and just listen to what they had to say. Cause they were, they were just full of information. All of them. I, I learned something from each one um, who was willing to share knowledge. And uh, so I had, I had the interior had to be done. That was really straightforward. They're going to tear it out and recode it with something. It was up to me how much money and how much, um, and, and what type of product to use. So they generally, there were three to four tiers of interior finish uh, that you could choose from. So that's a pretty level playing field. It was this deck because it's pretty unique. Um, I even talked to other contractors that weren't pool contractors just about coding it um, with some magical elixir, and that's just a dead end. They, nobody was even willing to talk that through. And I'm really glad that they were all honest with me enough to say, whoa, right? So um, anyway, the, the three came in and, uh, you know, one wanted to chisel the stuff off and bring in some heavy duty, like grinding machine to grind the deck smooth and then recode it with a standard cool deck like product, an acrylic lace, they called it. 
the other guy wanted to chisel it off and then cover it with pavers. And then the final guy wanted to destroy the deck, just tear it all out, put new forms down and pour brand new concrete and then coat it. So honestly, that process generally, all of them kind of came out pretty close. The pavers were a little more expensive, uh, but that guy's total was the cheapest. Um, I think it was anyway. Uh, no, I'm sorry. He was number two. And then the guy who wanted to grind it smooth, he was the cheapest. And the most expensive was the, uh, was the brand new deck. What I did is I, you know, I'm kind of a, a detailed geek and I put a spreadsheet together and just started laying lines out and trying to put things side by side and figure out who is charging what. And really the prices were all over the board when I got down to little bits and pieces, but totals were fairly close. I mean, I think overall it was like a $1,500 spread, maybe a little more, but the guy who was most expensive, um, somehow I missed a little home show discount that he had, uh, he had intended to give me. And uh, when I decided that, that that's the route we wanted to go, I gave him last look at the pricing. I said, here's what I'm looking at. I didn't identify any of the other contractors. I didn't go into their details, what they do or don't do or whatever. But I said, hey, here's what I'm looking at. Here's where you're high. Here's where you're low. Can you just give it a look? I'm interested in your solution. And I trust you. You know, that kind of thing. So that's how I decided on them. They came back reasonable. That wasn't the only reason I decided on them. I also looked at all their contracts. Everybody sent me a sample contract. And I also did some online research. I did uh, a registrar of contractors. I just did a lot of research that way and just got a feel. Uh, so the guy that was the cheapest, I, I just didn't get a good feel for him. I didn't like his contract. I didn't like his responses to the registrar of contract complaints. So I just, I just didn't feel good about him as a company. So I, I, I ended up with uh, choosing option three, uh, the guy who wanted to re redo the whole deck. Um, yeah. You don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but what was... How much was this project altogether? How much did you end up paying? Um, no, I, I don't mind. Um, it was in the neighborhood of, as originally quoted and we agreed upon, in the in the twelve thousand plus range. Uh, obviously, this is financed. <laughs> this is a small car. Um, it's it's something we're going to be paying for for a few years, but compared to a new construction of a diving pool of this size and depth which is probably in the thirty thousand dollar range um you know it's it's a big bite um you know a big painful bite that we've been looking at for years so twelve thousand dollars is a lot of money and uh that's why i put some serious due diligence to this um compare it to a kitchen remodel a brand new roof bathroom that kind of thing all these things should be treated the same way when you're spending that kind of money and financing it and whatnot now, the other thing I found really interesting, because you, you did write about this in a blog post, and we'll give the, uh, the link to that uh, at the end of this podcast, you renegotiated some of the fine print in the, uh, in the contract. Yeah. Yeah, you can do that. Um, these companies are run by people. Um, now, they're not necessarily the large, gigantor, multi-state type companies now maybe you can't renegotiate with them maybe they don't care enough to renegotiate but everybody i talked to they wanted our business so that they were going to make allowances so their contracts are drawn up by lawyers they're drawn up best case they do not benefit you as a homeowner 
um, two of the three had some things in there that had a little more homeowner rights included. And I felt good about that. The other one was downright aggressive. It was, you know, you talk to this really nice fellow who comes to your house, you feel really good about him. And then you read this contract and it's kind of like, uh, you're signing your life when you have no rights and, uh, it's all up to them. And it's all very demanding on payment terms. And if this, and if not that, then we're coming after you. I mean, it was just the wrong tone to get off, uh, you know, to start a project with to, to, you know, we're talking, like I said, 12 grand, <laughs> you know, you're, you're going to give somebody that kind of money and, and they're aggressively, uh, uh, coming after you that hard and you haven't even started yet. Uh, it's not a partnership. So I negotiated a few points and I, I, I always start from a standpoint of guys, I want you to make money. You know, you guys got to make money. I'm, I'm not going to beat you up that bad. I want you to be successful because I, I do want these companies in business. It's good for our local economy. Uh, if there's a issue with the, the pool down the road, they're going to, I want them to be in, in business, to be around, cover warranty. Absolutely. I want them to brag about it. I want them to do the best job there is so that they can say, hey, check out the pictures of this pool we just did because it did so awesome. That's what I want. Uh, so I don't negotiate from an adversarial point at all. You know, I, I work for a contractor. I don't work. I don't do contracting, but, you know, I, I know how it is. I, you know, we, I've seen it happen in, in, in business. So you can do it. And uh, that's what I did. So do you want to talk about some of the points you re, uh, you renegotiated with the contractor? Yeah, I um, I fought real hard on payment terms. Um, I mean, I, I got a loan for the full amount, right? I had the money. I put it in my bank. But the terms that they wanted that money, there was a, a payment schedule. It, you know, a bunch up front and a bunch at every major milestone but I'm paying the last of it off before there's water in the pool, before the interior's even done, that kind of thing. So I was ready to walk over that. You read any this old house article or whatever on working with contractors, it's you need to hold some money back until it's done. And that's that's where I kind of that was my hill to die on right there. Uh, and we kind of did go back and forth a little bit on that. They didn't feel comfortable with it. Um, apparently, in a remodel situation, the contractor's rights are not quite the same um, as far as lien rights or whatever if the homeowner walks on them. So they were a little bit nervous. So, you know, it was that was a bit of negotiation. So, I mean, I, I did give them a bunch of money as they got started. I did give them it at regular intervals, but... I, I wanted 10% and uh, until it was done. And they were at risk for 10%, you know? I was at risk, at risk for 100%. <laughs> you know, it, had they walked away in mid-pool, um, I'd have nothing. You know, it, it'd be completely unusable. I won that one. Um, I also negotiated, uh, there were some damage clauses in the contract that kind of left them harmless if they broke stuff around here. And some of the stuff that they outlined specifically, like sprinkler lines, planted material, fences, that kind of thing. But they even mentioned driveway. So 
I'm supposed to somehow protect my driveway from something that they could do to it. Now, what could they do that would damage my driveway that a piece of plywood would stop, you know? So I said, no, you, you guys, you guys got to have, you have to take care of something here, you know? You got to not break my windows. You got to not burn my house down. You got to not drive some kind of machinery into my pool equipment. I'm not just going to take all the risk. If you break a twig, if you scratch a gate, I'm okay. That happens. If you break a sprinkler line because you can't see them, I'm okay. That's fine. But they had a, a completely hold harmless type thing there. And we negotiated that out and I felt good about it. They actually crossed out a couple of the items that were specifically stated. Um, that was probably easy because a lot of those things are when they're actually digging a new pool, when they're going to bring an earth mover back there, you know, <laughs> and that might break your driveway or a, yeah. not an earth mover, like a backhoe or something. Right, right. Uh, so I kind of won that one. And then uh, what was the last one? I think, oh, it was, um, I wanted to use a credit card. Again, I had the cash. You know, there's some protections from the credit card companies. You know, they're kind of on your side. And I can get a bunch of, you know, points, you know, bonus points from the card company and all that. So we kind of went back and forth on that one. That one obviously cost them money. You have, as a vendor that takes credit cards, you have to pay a percentage to the credit card company. And uh, I don't think it's entirely right. I think you have some kind of contract that you're supposed to. Uh, if you accept the card, you can't turn it down for large purchases versus small purchases, you know, that kind of deal. But I think I put the down payment on the card. That was what we agreed on. And that was it. Uh, so it was like a 10% down. Um, so I lost that one, but that's not that bad. That's not that bad. I mean, I, I got the big stuff that I wanted. So in the end, I negotiated some of the payment terms, the payment value. You know, we kind of, I didn't haggle too much. I just said, here, last look. You know, if you, if you can come down, we'll make the agreement. And they came down close enough. Just go line by line through that contract. You got time. You don't have to sign it. They don't drop it on you right when you go. Um, so, and that's what I would do with any of these things. Again, you're going to have somebody over to do your roof, your, your kitchen, your pour a new driveway, uh, whatever. The damage waiver thing. Uh, now, was that some of that stuff specifically mentioned? We're not, you know, we're not responsible for sprinklers. We're not responsible for damage to the driveway. We're not responsible for yeah. Or was it, or was it just like a blanket statement? We're not overall. I'm, I'm sorry. Pardon me. I said, but there was an overall. We're not responsible for anything, such as this or that and the other. So, I could accept some of the the particulars. I just can't accept the generic overall. We're not responsible for anything. Including, but not limited to. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there, there was something in there. If, if they're digging and they hit power lines, um, I, I guess I can kind of accept that. They don't know where they're at. Now, they weren't digging, so I didn't really care. But if they were digging a new pool and then they hit, say, a conduit going out, supplying light to a shed or something, that would kind of be my risk. I should know it's there and tell them, hey, there's a conduit going right through the middle of the pool. You're going to hit it, <laughs> you know, or I don't know. Well, how are they supposed to know that? They damage it. Okay, that's kind of my cost, right? I, I understand that. Well, yeah, if you don't know, you can't expect them to know. So at the end of the day, I, you know, we've been talking about work that you had specifically done on your pool, but uh, the contract stuff, that, that applies to just about everything. Um, 
best piece of, of advice is obviously to read the contract and know exactly what you're getting into, but also to be prepared to renegotiate parts that you don't agree with. They have it on the back. It's writ- kind of written in stone. This is a standard contract. This is what we do. But you can renegotiate those terms, which I don't think a lot of people really think about. Um, right. Or you can at least try. Maybe they'll say no. But, you know, these guys said yes. And some of them, they don't care so much about, you know, why not try and do your, and do your research, do your homework on these contractors, check out the, the registrar of contractors, look at whatever you can find online about them, judge it how you, how you see fit on its validity. Um, look over their website. Do you trust it? Does it make sense? Look at their social media. How do they interact with people? Do they want that next job? Are they hungry like that, that they care? what a bad review from you might look like, you know, are they people you're kind of going to trust? Is it legit? I think that's, that's worth the time. I spent a lot of time going through these guys. Excellent. So if people want to read about this, they can go to your website and uh, I'll have that link in the show notes. And of course, from there, they link, they can link to your uh, Facebook and what, what other social Absolutely. media are you on? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Jump on over the social media. I interact with people. I love to hear from them. Love to hear their stories. If you got a question about any of this stuff, I'd be happy to happy to chat with you. Okay, wonderful. I want to thank you very much for joining me. You bet. It's been fun, Doug. Nice talking to you again. All right, man. Talk to you soon. All right. Once again, I want to thank John for joining me on the podcast. I just want to review a couple points from these last two episodes. First and foremost, Get it in writing. A contract is going to protect both you and the contractor. A napkin and a crayon are better than nothing when it comes to writing a contract. And you can thank Judge Marilyn Millian from the People's Court for that piece of advice. But when it comes to contracts, the more detail, the better. A good contract is going to define the job. It's going to specify what is included in the job as well as what is not included in the job. It's going to lay out the payment terms, the warranty information. It'll also specify the limitations of liability or the so-called damage waiver. And there should be some sort of verification of insurance coverage for workers while they're on your premises. Now, as John pointed out, every one of those terms can be negotiated. It doesn't matter if the contract is a standard form with all the fine print on the back. Read it. If there's something that you want to change, change it. You may not win on every point, but you don't have to blindly accept every term. That's what negotiation is all about, and you can negotiate more than just the price. And if you haven't done this sort of thing before, all you do is modify what you want to modify and initial it. And all the contractor then has to do is initial it if they agree with the change in terms. Both sets of initials, yours and the contractors, need to be on any changes in the contract. Well, that's going to do it for this week. I will be back in a couple weeks with another episode. In the meantime, drop by thumbandhammer.com slash 12 for the show notes for this episode. Follow me on social media, sign up for the mailing list, and if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. 
You can find it in iTunes and on Stitcher. Finally, if you could do me a favor and tell a friend or two about this podcast, it would really help out a lot. Thank you. I'll talk to you next time. Cheers. Cheers.